know that sometimes thank yous can sound a bit hollow, but uh, I just have to thank all of you that helped with VBS, all from, from teaching to the singing to the cleaning up to the craft making, um, just everything, because VBS, again, another week. I mean, it, it might look chaos to the natural eye, but it's organized. It's organized chaos. And uh, when you have 100 children uh, in, in a building, it's just it's just awesome to see it uh, function and then come to a head on Friday with them singing for the Lord. So thank you, and thank you again for all that. Okay, just the mention, the fair. The target for the fair this year is going to be our parking lot. Our parking lot is uh, um, sort of like I am, getting old. And we have had a few quotes to repair the surface as high as $50,000 to, that's just chip and seal. It would be 150000 if we wanted to asphalt it. So if you got a few 150000 um, So obviously we're looking for chip and seal. But even before we do that now, we've realized we've got to do some underground stuff. We've got to do some cleaning out of, try to remove water from coming up through our um, parking lot, which it then ruins the uh, chip and seal surface. So I'm saying all that to simply say this, your labor again and at the fair will help us. The fair usually uh, raises about $12,000, so that will help us uh, tremendously as we look into uh, maybe making some little better quality repairs to our parking lot. So consider that when you're out there walking past that table and to sign your name and help us out, please. All right. Here we go. You ready? Okay. Job chapter 10. 10th chapter of Job. And I think all of us at times in life and sometimes maybe uh, most of the time of life, you feel kind of like Job. Anytime you turn to Job, uh, a lot of times I don't even like to read the book of Job. I'd rather skip it uh, because it's just full of uh, a lot of hard times. But we want to look at something because God knows we are but dust. He, he knows. He knows we don't have this supernatural strength. So we're going to look at Job and see how down Job gets in his heart, despondency, discouraged, like you and I might be or get. Verse 18, he says, Wherefore then hast thou brought me from out of the womb? In other words, why in heck was I born? He says, oh, that I had given up the ghost, and no eye hath seen me. No one has laid eye on me. No one fell in love with me. Nothing. He said, I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. Now, that's, that's pretty depressing. And he goes, are not my days few? Cease then. Let me alone, that I may take comfort a little. And a lot of times, things just seem to pile up in life that you kind of can fall into this type of thinking. Nothing's good. Nothing's right. Uh, the sun is no good. The moon's no good. Rain's no good. Sun's no good. Uh, just everything can kind of pile up. And so when you get into these situations, what do you do when you're not sensing the leading of the Lord? What do you do when you're not receiving insight from the Word of God? When despondency and discouragement comes in? What do you do when you feel like your faith is low, or maybe you don't even have any, or it's being challenged more than you can come back at? What do you do when you are not sure what direction to take, or you feel like you're in a fog? 
You can't seem to uh, see clearly or think clearly. When you just can't seem to grasp on what God is doing or what He wants. There's a place, this is a place where then fear can grip you. And I, I believe we've mentioned it not, not that long ago. that You can sense when fear grips you. It just comes on sometimes out of the blue. Great torment it has. So this is a place where fear can, can set in. A place where hopelessness reigns. A place where light is as darkness. Meaning light, this word of God is full of light. And at times seems like we just can't get anything from it. When light is as darkness. So what do you do? Okay, well I have a little clip here for you that I want you to see and want you to understand what I'm showing you as you see this. I'm not promoting uh, worship of statues at all, but I want you to see something. As it's, there it goes. You can play that. Now this is the top of a mountain overlooking the city of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Okay, and they made this huge statue. They called Christ the Redeemer. One of the tallest statues of Christ in the world. It stands 100 foot tall. Its arms spread 92 feet. And this thing weighs 635 tons. But here's what I want you to focus on. It can be seen day or night from almost anywhere in the city. One look to the hills brings this figure of Christ the Redeemer in the view. You see that? This huge statue way up there, this sprawling city. Anywhere you're at, when you lift your eyes to the hills, you see Christ the Redeemer. Now, that is the, the principle of what you are seeing is what I want you to focus on today. Because the 121st Psalm says, He challenges us to lift our eyes and see God. Do you understand that? The enemy's job is to constantly keep your eyes off of God. Constantly, because if you connect with God, if you start uh, walking in step with God, the enemy is defeated. And so he attempts to get your eyes off of God. So no matter what situation you are in or experiencing, Lift up your eyes and focus on your help. Focus on your help. Man, aren't we? We are the most negative people. The news goes through the roof when something horrible happens. Because we just seem to be drawn to the, the bad or the, the, the negative. And so God, knowing that, tells us by the psalmist to lift our eyes up. Unto the hills. You have to do this. You have to. No one can help you. You must do this. Psalms 121.1 says what? I will. I will. The enemy wants to keep your face down. He wants to rub your face into it. Into the mud. Into your failures. Into your disappointments. Into your shortcomings. Into your situations. Into the Goliath that's screaming at you. But God says lift up your eyes. Focus on me, God says. And look, the psalmist said, I will. That's what gets your job today. I will. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. You have to choose to lift up your eyes. You have to. 
Here today, all of you got some sorts of problems, some worse than others, but we all got problems. And when we get problems, the weight of the world is upon us, our shoulders stoop, and we sigh. And that's where the enemy wants you. But God has placed this psalm, this tremendous psalm in there to tell you, lift your eyes. It's a step of faith to lift your eyes up. 2 Kings 6.17. Remember this situation. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Open my servant's eyes that he may see. And this is what we need this morning. No matter what your situation is, no matter how long, how grievous, how laborious, how exhausting, you are to walk by faith and not have uh, outward circumstances dictate your mood, your life, your joy. This is a walk of faith. We must understand that. And you have to be obedient to the Word of God. So no matter what you're going through, remember we said there's no yeah, but gospel? And that yeah, but is going on in your head now because I don't know your circumstances, so in your heart you're going, yeah, but. No yeah, buts. It's a simple obedience to the Word of God. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills when cometh my help. See God. That's what he's saying. God said, hey, hey, hey. Focus on me. Focus on me. Now, how much more do we need that now in this day and age in our nation? It's to focus on God. Because of all the horrendous and unbelievable things and roads that we're taking. So God says, and Elisha prayed and said, man, you've got to help my servant God. He's panicking. He's running. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That's what the enemy doesn't want you to see. He doesn't want you to look up and see God and His majesty and His might and He'll never leave you. And that the cross reminds us of the trust that we can trust in God. Like that song that was stirring you. It was a song of hope and trust in a world full of downers and, and faithless and godless people. God says, you must lift up your eyes. You just absolutely must. And then that awesome statement at the end of what we just read in verse 16, and he says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Isn't that true? It's true. I mean, we, we just need to believe this. So no matter what you're going through, no matter how dark it looks or gets, just look up. Just look up. I know that that whole statue thing is off the wall, but if you look at that and just see it towering over this city. No matter where you look, it's way down the hills, all these little houses and villages and seaports and everything. And then you're having a hard day, a rough day. You get bad news. All you got to do is turn and look up. It is a constant reminder of Christ the Redeemer. Wish we could do that. Psalms 146.1 says this, God is our refuge and strength. Look at the next part. A very present help in trouble. Who's in trouble? God says, I'm a very present help. I can't see you. I can't feel you. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. That's the natural. That's the carnal person talking. 
You've got to have faith and believe, even though you don't sense it, you don't see it, you can't figure it out. You believe, I will lift up my eyes, I will trust God. He's a very present help in time of trouble. I'm in trouble. I believe that by faith. Remember, God put Adam in the garden, and he didn't say, dude, kick back and have it easy. That's the kind of Christianity, the kind of faith we want. The kick back and have it easy faith. God just, God just goes with his wand, bing, and I believe. Bing, I'm hanging in there. Bing, I'll trust you. No, it's work, it's labor, it's a battle. The thoughts come against your mind and various things. You've got to pull them down. You've got to hang in there and trust God and still serve God. While I'm waiting, I will serve you. It's not just skip to my loo and social uh, club and uh, chicken fry and ice cream. It's a battle. And he made Adam and he put him in this great garden. He said, now keep it. Watch over it. And that's what God is trying to tell us. And if you choose not to, you get steamrolled by the enemy. And then you blame God when he tells you what to do. Lift up. He didn't say, give me all your money. He didn't say, walk a tightrope across Niagara Falls. He just said, lift up your eyes. That's all. Lift up and focus on me. Lift up and get a, get a vision of who I am and what I am and who's speaking to you and who loves you. Look up. It's what the Word of God is telling us. Because God says, I'm your refuge and I'm your strength. God's my refuge, my harbor in the storm, my, my light, my guiding light. He's my refuge. Not only that, he's my strength. My strength. And not only that, he said, man, I'm present. I'm right here. I'm right here in time of trouble. And the whole thing with God is that you are to believe that because he said it. Not say, well, when I see you here. No, you just believe it because it's in the word and you trust who said it. So you lift up. Even when you say, oh, I don't see nothing, I don't know, but I'm going to obey you, God. I'm just going to keep lifting my eyes up. Why not trust this God? I don't think we even understand. Do you understand the miracle of being born again? Being born again. I mean, I am born again. That means... Christ is living on the inside of me. That's what being Godhead bodily. In, isn't this cool? Put that on QVC. The light's shining and you spin around. Think of it. I'm talking about being born again. Do you understand? He's living inside of me. It's not a theory. It's not an equation. It's not a thought. It's not a fairy tale. He's in me. He's in you if you're born again. Christ in you. How can you be when you got the living God inside of you? I know tsunamis come and they blow you over sometimes, but God will bring you right back. Because he said the flood will not overwhelm you. It will not. Sometimes those fiery trials, and they're coming, they're getting closer and closer and closer, and they're so close, and they go right over you and through, and you realize, I didn't get burned. Because it's what it says in his word. You don't need to learn to trust that God. My aim 
has been recorded in the archives of heaven. My name. It's been laying in there on some page in some book for the last 40 years. My name. My name is written in heaven. <laughs> you might not think a whole lot about that now, but you sure will be shouting on that day. When they're going down there and they're going through all those Smith, 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 oh, there's yours. You'll be going, yes, thank you, God. You'll be letting out that shriek, all you Presbyterians. You will. I mean, in all his glory, the way Ravenhill talks about all his glory and the saints of all the ages and the place breathes holiness and they're calling names and they're going through rosters, roster, 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 roster. Lenny! Yes! What? I think there'll be a lot of screaming yes. All right, Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Strong tower. Do you ever remember that song we used to sing a long time ago? If you forget how to pray or you can't pray, just say the name. Just say the name. You ever been so heavy laden, so maybe confused, in, out, up, down, you don't know what to do, and all you can do is go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Being tormented of thoughts at night, feeling like there's evil presence all through your home, and all you can do is go, Jesus, Jesus. This is why the name of the Lord is a strong tower. A strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe, the Bible says. Run to it. Run today. Run to it. Because here's why. If you're outside the tower, it's not safe for you. Run Run to the tower. Forget about what happened, what's going on, who did what. Run. Run to the tower. Because God says, I'm a strong tower. And I'm refuge. And you'll receive strength. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. So here's what not to do. Hebrews 10, 38 says this. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back... This is what not to do. God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If you are in the midst of drawing back, God's got a problem with you. God is not pleased. Does that matter? This is what not to do. All of us get overwhelmed with things. And then as the tsunami takes you this way and then takes you that way, you have a choice. You either draw back or you lift your eyes. And God tells you what will be the response, what will be happening, what will happen down the road of your choices. He says, if any man draws back, means to shrink from declaring. Declaring what? That God is who he is. You draw back from singing and praying. You draw back from preaching or teaching or whatever. VBS happens to come when you're in a bad mood, so you're not doing it this year. Drawing back. You don't do it. You spit in the eye of the enemy, and you do it anyway for the glory of God. Don't shrink from declaring what God has said. I'm born again. 
God lives inside of me. Declare that. Shout it from the housetops. Well, you know, I'm just not like, all you got to do is lift your eyes. That's all you got to do. That word, God says, I'll have no pleasure, means to be well pleased with. God just will not be well pleased with. You know, at times if I would bark at my, especially my sons as they're growing up and they knew dad was mad at them, that bothered them. Then he goes, oh, I don't care. It bothered him. When you're talking about your heavenly father, don't you want him to be pleased? Well done, my good and faithful. That's what you want to hear. Well done. Oh, he said, well done. I did well. Because when it's all said and done, and after all these years and all the people and all the preaching and all this, I just go, and God, I hope, I hope you're pleased. The toughest, most discouraging trials are when we are called to obey God's will when the fulfillment of his promise seems so far away. Or it seems like you just can't grasp it or you just can't get it. But God says, trust me. Just trust me. One week goes by, one month goes Because, you know, we're instant American Christians. We're instant. Uh, you know, I think Abraham did pretty good waiting 25 years for Isaac. I'd have probably had 14 Ishmaels because I'd have been still trying things that wasn't of God. Because we, we just have no staying power, trusting power, or waiting power upon God. When we fall into a, a waiting upon God, we seem to fall into a doing nothing state. That's not what that means. I can't remember who sang that song. That was one of those Christian movies about uh, while I'm waiting, I'll serve him. While I'm waiting, going through horrible trials, still no answer, still no answer, still no answer. He's still serving God. Not sitting there becoming bitter, not being used, grouchy, being moody, not loving God nor God's people. Can't go there. So those are the toughest times, most discouraging are those trials you're called to walk through and you don't know why even. I don't know why some has physical problems and some don't. Some have financial problems and some don't. Some have emotional issues and some don't. I don't know. We'll never know that. We're not even called to know. We're called to lift up our eyes from whence cometh our help. My help. Yes. So this endurance that you need is built through trials in no other way not built through reading books of people who went through trials. It's built through you going through the trials and having your faith tested. James said this, my brother, you know what I'm going to read? And this is like, what? He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, and then let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And you know what that means? An old preacher a long time ago, I don't even know if he's alive anymore. He talks about when you go through those difficult times over and over and over, trusting God over and over, trusting God through it all, God's putting iron in your soul. And at that moment, I thought, yeah, that's a cool little phrase. You know, I'll write that down, iron in my soul. <laughs> well, go get it. 
go get the iron. So here I am now, 40 years down the road, and you know what? That's all I want is people who have iron in their soul. That's who I want around me. People who have been tried and tested and have gone through the fire. I don't care if they're all scarred up. I don't care if they're ugly looking. All I know is you have iron in your soul so that when I lean or stumble or weary, you're there. Iron. That's how you get it. And even as I get older and uh, Jason is getting stronger, and I, I tell him, find your iron in your soul, guys. Find them. Find them. You've got to find them. And so you just keep your eye open and see how they go through life and trials and situations and what comes out of the mouth as they go through it. And if they still are able, you're able to think about them and call upon them, and they're there when everything's going horrible in their life, they're still there. Because they've learned to lift up their eyes and trust Him, even though they see nothing on the horizon. You still lift up. Anybody that has bailed has never been better off. Never. Can you imagine being on the ark? And the report comes back from one of the sons, waters all the way up to the giraffe's neck. Abandoned ship! What? What do you, what do you mean abandoned ship? This is it. This is, the, this is the only ship. There is no other. No, this is it. This is the only. There is no other. Where are you going to go? Stop. I want off. I'm going to hell. I changed my mind. What? I mean, it's true. It's true. I don't understand us. Like you pull the thing on the bus in those days or the streetcar and you stop the conductor and I'm getting off. You're like, what? Oh. Well, should we start up our running in the wall ministry yet? You want to be first, brother? Just run as hard as you can into that wall. Because it's, it's the same. What do you mean abandon ship? There's nowhere else. If, what did Peter say? Where, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Yes, you have the words of life. I can't sing without you. I can't preach without you. I can't stay married without you. I can't be a good father without you. I can't be a good employee. Where am I going to go? And all you've got to do, folks, is lift your eyes. Oh, God, I'm such a mess. You think God's going to go, what? <laughs> Sometimes it's so dark, and I tell God, I, I, I can't see, God. I just can't see. I can't see. I told you many times the Bible looks like this blank sheet sometimes. Oh, God, it's so dark, I just can't see. But you know what God says to me? I can. I can see. I see everything. What's that old dumb saying? I can't see the trees through the forest. Because you're in the midst of it, and you're so spun by the enemy, and all these voices screaming at you. And the Bible says all voices have some type of significance, whether they're damning or encouraging. Everything's screaming, and the enemy's pitched pitch to the left. You're pitched to the right. You're pitch, I don't know what to do. I can't see. That's why God's, look up. I see everything. 
There you are right there. You don't even know how close you are to getting out or having your breakthrough or getting your miracle or having your prayers answered or being used by me. But we always seem to run, run or pull back. So God's telling us just as our physical eyesight, which I'm having a little difficulty, y'all look like trees sometimes today to me because I got new glasses on. Got to find out where the line is and all that stuff. And so these natural eyes, these physical eyes is the, the sense that gives us the evidence of this material world. Some of the words aren't quite right yet. My natural eyes have got to get used to this. But faith is the sense that gives us the evidence of the invisible world. Faith. What you have gone through, your faith should be growing. A fruit to where you say, yeah, I can trust them. I can lift up my eyes. I remember five years ago when I was going through and no one cared. God got me through. So God is telling us to do that. And God also tells you and I, but without this faith, what? It's absolutely impossible to please God. You can come up to me and give me $300,000 to do the parking lot to the absolute best. Lights and all. Have no faith in God. And that's not pleasing. You can come up to me and give that. Oh, I got the quarter. It's yours. And you give that quarter by faith, trusting God. God's going to look at that person over there. That's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And you know that's scriptural. You've read it in the Word of God. So God says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. You have to come to God. You have to be able to have faith to say, God, you've been down so low that you turn your eyes and you look up to God. I don't know if I can do that. Well, if you're truly saved, then you've done it once already. You've had to believe something you can't see. Maybe something you never even heard of. I never heard of the word of sa saved or salvation until I was 24 or 5. And yet, I believed. I don't know how. I didn't write it down. I didn't have an equation. I just believed. And what does God tell us through Paul? Hey, you know what? I fear you've left that simplicity. So here I am, 40 years down the road. I'm not walking on water. think I should be. And God says, all you've got to do is believe and look up. That's it. Just look up. You can't do that with this awesome God. You've got him living inside of you, and you remember what you were. <clears throat> so it's by faith we look up. No matter what we're going through, no matter what. By faith, you act like a man and step up. By faith, you be that godly woman and that mother that you need to be, even if nobody cares. By faith, you're doing it to be pleasing to God, who sees all. Your husband might never appreciate you. But these are times we don't have strength left, times we feel like Job, Again, when Job said, I don't, I don't even understand why I was born. I should have went from the nurse's hands to the funeral home. I mean, that's, that's pretty low. 
I should have been as though I had not been, never existed. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. That's what we do. That's what we moan when we're out in the wilderness in the desert, and we're like, God, would you ever bring us out here to die? What an accusation that is to say to God, who died for you. Psalms 3.3 says this, But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. You know what that means? You're sitting out there and you're saying, yeah, that's good for you, Pastor. I don't even have strength to. God said, I'll do it. I'll lift your head. You come down to this altar and you flop and you just tell God you love him, praise and worship, and God will lift your head. He'll do it. He will lift your head. You'll get your eyes back upon God. And there's even more. Something I find out digging into this. John 15, 2 says this. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. And it may bring forth more fruit. So for just some reason, I decided to look up that he taketh away. So there's another idea or thought. That's uh, the verb arrow, I think it is, how you say it in the Greek. And it's commonly translated taken away. But in this spot right here, it is more accurately, accurately translated lifts up. So you, you all probably have gardens and stuff. So every branch that is weighed down and on the ground, God says he comes and he lifts up. He lifts it up so that it can get more sun. That's the whole idea. Look it up yourself, John 15. Look it up. You'll see that Greek word, uh, A-I-R-O. Father, lifts up the unproductive vines, which I feel like a lot of times, unproductive vines to God. He lifts them up off the ground. The ground is where we're always like the chicken, trying to scratch out a life. Oh, man. Why me? Why? And God comes, and it says he lifts up the vine off the ground, as uh, a vine dresser always does, that they may get more sun and bear fruit better. I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, Lord. Because a lot of time, I think my limbs and branches are on the ground, and God's going to take them away. Sometimes I don't view God correctly. God says, no, 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 no. I'm lifting them up so that you can bear fruit. You know, you all have tomato plants, and most of them stake them because they go. And if that tomato, nice big, just lays on the dirt, it's going to get a spoil spot. So you stake them up. And this is what, this is the spiritual. God wants to stake you up this morning. The whole altar call is to run to the old, run to your refuge. Because where you're at is unsafe. It's unsafe. It's unsafe. Let me read something. The only thing that is unsafe to a Christian is this.
You ever wonder why? I, I would do this. I'd wonder why, God, why'd you take that person? Why'd that person die? And I could tell you some stories about that. This is the scripture that God gave me. The righteous perish, and no man layeth to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from evil to come. What evil? What evil? If I'm right, what evil could come to me? What? Becoming unrighteous. Taking some turn somewhere in life where I go the wrong way with God. Wouldn't you rather have God take you out now than you live 25 more years lost? In both these situations, these persons, for some unknown reason, struggled badly with serving God. Just couldn't. Both, both got absolutely right with God. And I had contact with both of them. One by phone glorifying God. The other one at an altar praising God. Both within a week were gone. And I would go, go. I've waited forever for this. person would have been awesome. And, and God showed me that scripture. And I thought, oh, my goodness praise God God took away their opportunity to blow it he did that's what that means to me I don't think I'm reading anything in it they're taken away from evil to come you know if if the evil to come was Ruth is going to run off and I never see her again. Oh, that would be horrible. be horrible. But I don't believe that's what God's saying there. That I could lose my walk with God. All you have to do is lift up. Lift your eyes up. Because we can't handle anything, really. Got a little bit of conversation about unbelievable things that would happen some children through neglect or whatever end up dying sometimes even by the neglect of the parents we're like you'd never get over that you could never never ever ever get over that but I think God could get you over it I do because he's supernatural to lift up your eyes to be able to lift your head up to take all your means and lift them up so that you get more sun, more direct revelation and love and mercy and righteousness from God so that you can mount up with wings and go over and have victory over something that's impossible for a man. That's why people commit suicide. They don't know about lifting up their eyes. So, when light is as darkness here's what you do you hang on to your faith you read the word and you look up and I don't care if you're not getting anything if you can't even you're, you're reading you just can't concentrate you're looking at it but your mind takes off and you, you're on verse 14 you start at verse 1 and you're like what did I read then notch it up just start walking. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto thy multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. It has my attention. 
I know what I'm reading and I'm understanding, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me against thee and thee alone. I get it. I'm reading it. So ratchet up. Lift up your eyes unto the Lord. Because the enemy do everything to get your eyes off of God. Everything, absolutely everything. And everything that is abounding out there is attempting to take our eyes off of God. So you keep your faith. You read the word out loud if you have to. And you look up and you don't panic. Psalms 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. The entrance... The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Sometimes the decisions we make prove we haven't been reading the word. You what? It's contrary to what the word says. It's, you can see it. You've got to make your decisions that line up with the word, not you twist the word. That word entrance, the entrance of thy word, literally means it's an opening. God's words as an open door lets light or knowledge in. Sometimes I always, I'm planning on sleeping. I tell Ruth, don't bother me till my eyes pop open. I don't care what time it is. I can't get past 730. And the reason is, got big windows and they face the east. And bam, that light comes in. Oh, we got blinds too. But it just comes in and, and it lightens the whole room. And once you do this, and those shutters go, it's over. You're not sleeping. Because the light just pours in. And God says, that's what the Word does. It pours into you the openings. And it will give you the strength and knowledge and light. Even in darkness. Even in darkness. So that's why the psalm finished the whole psalm. He said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help, he says, comes from the Lord. By the way, which made heaven and earth. That's a pretty big help. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Lift up your eyes by faith and say, God, I trust you for this. And you put no time limit on God and don't tell God how to answer it. Just serve him while you're waiting. And be a blessing. If you're going to serve him like Scrooge before he got right with God, do me a favor and don't sign up. Verse 8 says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. You have to believe it by faith. I don't know what you're thinking. Think, well, nice speech. 
wasn't a speech. Nice sermon. I hate that word sermon. I mean, this, you have to do something with this now. If you do nothing with it, then I fear for you because you're outside the refuge and the tower. And it's wicked out there. And you, in your own strength and thoughts, cannot defeat what's out there. So God says, Run! Run to the refuge. Run to the tower. Run to your strength. That's what you've got to do. And that's what our altar call is. Let's stand, please. You found that song? That's a great song. Our altars are open. I'm serious. This is the tower. This is the strength. This is where you come down to meet God and say, God, that's me. I have no strength, Lord. I thought I was strong, God, but I am not strong. God, I feel so alone. I don't know what to do. Lord, it's gross darkness. I've got so many decisions. I don't know. Come, run to them before the enemy makes you sit back. Our altars are open. Spit in the enemy's eye now. Just wants to destroy your life. Spit in the enemy's eye. You are not keeping me back this time from my God. You are not stopping me from serving my God. I'm going to wait upon God. 